Hi. Hey, Independence Day is coming. Got my red shirt on. We're ready to celebrate independence, freedom. Hey, was our country actually founded by Christians or just a group of almost irreligious deists? We're going to dive into that and we're going to talk about is there hope for our country right now with all that's going on around us? Where do we fit in the cycle of history? You'll want to join us on this episode of Real Time Truth. Welcome to another episode of Real Time Truth, where in 19 minutes you're going to hear a biblical perspective on things you deal with every day in your home, work, church, and in the surrounding culture. I'm Matthew McNeil. I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. Thanks for joining us. So next week, coming up, we've got Independence Day. And so happy 4th of July early. Yep, got so, my red shirt on. There you go. And so uh, it's always comes up this time of year, and, and it's a hotly contested issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've heard you know, that this country is or it was founded as a Christian nation. Yeah. And that is the truth. That is the truth, contrary to really the popular opinion of many in the, uh, the culture today. Sure. From, from academia to the mainstream media. Yeah, regardless of how they try to revise history, uh, you don't have to look hard. I mean, go and dig. We're going to read several quotes to you today yeah. just to establish this, but don't don't like don't tune out right now, okay? Because that's not all this episode is going to be. This is not just a documentary proving that we are a Christian nation. We know that we are, okay? We're going to share a few quotes, not a lot, and you can go and you can dig up more for yourself. And I just want to go ahead and say that before we get into some of these, these quotes were not atypical right. for our founding fathers. Right. This was not just; these were not just cherry picked from all of the rest of the writings that didn't reflect God at all. They regularly spoke about God. Yep. God was a driving force in their lives, as He should be, as He should be in ours, and their writings reflected that. And so, when you go and you look in the writings of our early church fathers, uh, not early church fathers, our founding fathers in this mm-hmm. country, yeah, you will find. Lots and lots and lots of reference to their devotion to the Lord. Absolutely. 52 of the 57 signers of the Declaration of Independence were in Orthodox Christian churches. They were members of Orthodox Christian churches. So the the thought and the idea that somehow this nation was founded by a a group of... uh, uh, men who were just deists. They, they believed in some sort of God, but that this God was somebody that just spun a top and mm-hmm. just let it go on its own, was uninvolved, and that, that, um, that this country was not founded on Judeo-Christian principles is just patently false. Right, and, that's, and people like to emphasize the whole founding by deists because it's not biblical. Yep. They're getting away from Scripture. Imagine this, okay? Deism is God put everything in the box, and he got everything going in the box. God's outside the box, and he never messes with anything inside the box. Mm-hmm. That's deism. Yeah. Okay? So that means no miracles. Jesus is still in the tomb. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's, that's deism. And they can work in there. They can try to reconcile things like evolutionary doctrine and millions of years and Scripture and all that and still feel good about themselves and still feel scholarly. But yeah. that's... But that's, it's not true, okay? They were not, and you're going to read this here. You're going to hear this just now, and so I'm going to go ahead and hit a few of these quotes. Do that. So, George Washington, you might recognize that name. He said, the distingu- To the distinguished character of a patriot, it should be our highest glory to add the more distinguished character of a Christian. John Adams, he said, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate for the government of any other. That's, in, in that quote lies the whole 
the great experiment that our country was meant to be. Yeah. It was, can there be a nation that exists that they govern, each individual governs him and herself according to God's word, so yeah. that there is not a, an oppressive ruler that has to hold down their wicked appetites, but that they restrain that themselves. That was That is what we were attempting to do here. That's why we are not... A rule of the mob. We're not a democracy. We're not a we're not a monarchy. We are a republic because we bind ourselves to law. As a people of God, bind ourselves to the Word of God. That's right. So that's that's in John Adams' quote there that our Constitution was made for a moral and religious people is because he was and others, the other founders with him, were depending on people to govern themselves individually, not with representatives and all that. That happened as a part of it, but to govern themselves individually. Yes. Noah Webster. Okay, we get our dictionary from him. The the Christian religion is the most important and one of the first things in which all children under a free government ought to be instructed. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Imagine imagine that today in our culture world. Now the Bible uh, is not allowed in our schools, and prayer is not allowed in our schools. Seemingly, it is. And so then, but he goes on to say, no truth is more evident then that the Christian religion must be the basis of any government intended to secure the rights and privileges of a free people. Mm. I mean, you know, just listening to that, and I've read that quote many times, that's a wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to see how far that we have moved from that type of thinking um, is... is uh, it's quite astounding. Well, you're going to see that in these next two quotes, okay? i got two more for you here, okay? James Madison, our fourth president, he said, We have, now here's that great experiment again. We have staked the whole of all our political institutions upon the capacity of mankind for self-government, upon the capacity of each and all of us to govern ourselves, to control ourselves, to sustain ourselves, mm-hmm. according to the, get this, Ten Commandments of God. How about that? And now... Fast forward to the 1950s, okay? The 1950s, our 13th Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, when, and now help me out, remember, help me out with the ruling again at that time. Um, yeah, when you get to the 1950s, what you have is the Supreme Court begins to do a pivot and a reverse and begins to move away from the things of God and, and, and talk about this wall of, this separation of church and state. And so, what was started in the 50s and that was seen at it came to fruition in the 60s um, in 1963 was the removal of the Bible and then a year and a half later was the removal of prayer in schools. And before I get into this quote, it, do a quick little expository for the folks who are listening on where did this whole phrase of uh, separation of church and state yeah. actually come from? Yeah. I know, but I want you to tell Yeah, it. Yeah, right. Thomas Jefferson... Um, we all know good old Thomas. You know the Jefferson Memorial. You go to the, to to DC. Um, this this guy was written to by a group of Baptists from Danbury, Connecticut, in 1803, and they said, and I'm paraphrasing, but you can pull this document up. Just just go online, Google it, and just say Jefferson letter to Danbury, D-A-N-B-U-R-Y Baptists, mm-hmm. 1803. They said, Mr. Jefferson, are do you see our country ever going back to the way that we were in our mother mother country in England where there is the idea that the government and the church are one and the same because you had the Church of England as, and, and that monarchy was controlling the people. 
And he wrote back to them and he said, no, 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 no. He said they're in the United States. And I'm, again, I'm paraphrasing, but this is, this is close. There is a high wall of separation between church and state. And, and what he further went on to say is, and this again is a paraphrase, putting it in our vernacular today. But what he said was, in our country, you are allowed to take your religious beliefs and bring them into the public square and let those beliefs and those principles, tenets, guide your life. And the government cannot stop you or tell you that you cannot believe those things. So much so that the First Amendment to the Constitution is freedom of, uh, of being able to express what we believe, whatever religion that you mm -hmm. might have. Well, what happened was in the 50s, Matthew, the Supreme Court began, they said, no, 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 they, they flipped it. That's right. See, this is the thing. That what Thomas Jefferson was saying, it was one-way separation. Yes. It wasn't saying that the church and, and as believers, we couldn't live as believers in the public square and in the political realm. He was saying, no, you can live that way. You have that right. But the government, we are going to restrain ourselves from stepping into your realm. Folks, the reason that the separatists and the Puritans came to, the, to America in the first place was to escape religious oppression. They came with their Geneva Bible, started coming here in the late 1500s, and, and, and coming to this place that they could freely worship their God in the way that they wanted to worship. They weren't told by a state church, this is what you will do. This is how you will believe. This is how you will live. That was tyranny. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we have literally the founding of America. And so then in the 50s, you see that reversal of the government now saying, no, uh, the separation of church and state has to do with you living out your Christian precepts in public. And this is what... Uh, the 13th Chief Justice said at that time, Frederick Moore Vinson, he said, to separate religious instruction from public education would violate all of history, law, and precedent, which means that up until that point, that's what was being done. Yeah. So he was saying that religious instruction was a part of all those realms, and so to abandon it would be to abandon our country's history. Absolutely. It was after Moore's court that everything started going downhill. Folks, listen. The first Supreme Court Justice of the United States was also the president of the American Bible Society. And he said that every child in America should have access to a Bible and be taught from that Bible by their parents. Mm -hmm. The first Supreme Court Justice of the United States. And look at where we are today. It's like we don't know our history. Yeah. Our kids aren't being taught history. They have no idea that they're being told that this country was founded by basically a bunch of irreligious deists. And it is absolutely patently false. And I'm telling you, it's, it's borderline evil. It is. No, it is not borderline. It yeah. absolutely is. And it's so wrong. And so we want you to hear and know the truth. And you can still find this truth until... Google decides not to allow that to be part of their search engine. Seriously. It's out there for you to see and for you to know. Now, we could go on in dozens more episodes yeah. just going on to these quotes, but we're just understand our country was founded by firm believers, followers of Christ, who were exercising and, and building this country from a Judeo-Christian standpoint. And so... Celebrate that fact. Yeah. Celebrate that fact. Next week, whenever it's July 4th, celebrate the fact that this country, even though it doesn't rep or it doesn't 
resemble what it was originally founded as, celebrate the fact that it was begun in order to honor God. But as you were saying, we have come a long way. We have. And not in the right direction. Yeah. We want to talk to you for a moment, and this this might be a bit of a downer for a second, Matthew, because uh, we've talked about this. Um, there's a cycle of history, and I've taught this even uh, in our church so people to understand it, and, and, I'm, and I'm holding in my hand what's called the Titler, T-Y-T-L-E-R cycle in history. Yeah, this, if you're watching, you'll see it on your screen here. Yeah, so but th- those of you who are listening, think of a clock, okay? Mm-hmm. So, so think of 12 o'clock noon, the top of it. That's bondage, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you begin to move down to, say, 1 o'clock. Well, you have then spiritual faith. People who are in bondage have b- begin to have spiritual faith. Think of England. Mm-hmm. Think of people wanting to leave England and come to America. Then they have courage. That's about 3 o'clock. Then you get down to about 5 o'clock. You have liberty. They actually, they actually came to America. Mm-hmm. They were free. You have liberty. Then at the bottom of the clock, 6 o'clock, you have abundance. Yeah, their, their liberty, their courage was blessed by liberty and liberty abundance. Then you begin to work to around 7 o'clock on the clock, and you get to selfishness. Mm-hmm. Because abundance can often lead to selfishness. Now think about our country now. Think about where we, where we are. Think about the 50s, the 60s, and the 1970s in our country. And uh, I lied two seconds ago. I have one more quote for you because yeah. what should have happened here as a country and as a, as a society that was seeking to honor God and everything that they do, this, the, the cycle that we're describing to you, it should not have gone from abundance to selfishness. That's right. Okay, It should have gone from abundance to generosity. Mm-hmm. That would have been the godly growth out of abundance but because we are naturally wicked creatures okay we're not naturally wicked creatures god didn't make us that way we're naturally wicked which means that we don't avoid wickedness naturally okay mm-hmm. and so another quote from titler the person who gives us this cycle that we're looking at he says a democracy can only exist until voters discover that they can vote themselves largesse or uh, gifts mm-hmm. from the public treasury and so then we see that cycle turn from abundance to selfishness. And then from selfishness to about 9 o'clock is complacency. You get a society that's complacent, that, that's just like going through the motions. Then you get to apathy about 10 o'clock. And then at 11 o'clock on the cycle, you go from apathy to dependence. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately, you're back to the top of the cycle again to bondage. Folks, You can decide for yourself where America is on this cycle of history. In my mind, we are headed, we are independence, not independent as in July 4th. We are in the arena of becoming dependent. We have a nation that says, pay me to do nothing. We we want, so many people now want socialism. They want to take hard-earned money that you've earned and they want to redistribute it to somebody else who hasn't earned it. You got an A in class, but you got a guy that's failing. So now you're going to get a C, and he's going to get a C. And what's more is everyone who wants that, they're willing to sacrifice the liberty they once had yes, to get it. To get it. To sacrifice liberty for security. Yeah. So you hear that and you go, wow, that's kind of a downer, guys. Well, um, it, we're, we're not meaning for it to be. I'll say we didn't want you. Here's the thing. The Bible says this in Psalm 11, verse 3. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Okay? The foundations of our nation are being destroyed. 
right before our eyes. That there's, it's gone from being termites to where it's unseen to where it's blatant. Mm-hmm. This country's falling apart, and we need to return to God. We need a spiritual awakening in this country. We need to come back to spiritual faith. We need to go back to 1 o'clock on the cycle, and we need to pray for that as a people. But understand this. Those of you who are listening, even if this country does not return to God, and I have my own thoughts and opinions on whether or not that can take place or not. God can do anything. Mm -hmm. He can do anything. But does a culture reach a point of no return? I personally feel like that we're close to that if we hadn't already passed it. Well, according to Titler, the stage of dependence is the point of no return. It is. And, And we're close to that. That's arguable. You may disagree, and that's okay. We can still be friends. But here's what I want you to know. The Bible also says this. Peter, in writing to a group of folks that were under major persecution in the first century, under Roman rule, under tyranny, literally Christians being arrested and thrown to the lines in the Roman Colosseum. And here's what the Apostle Peter said to them. 1 Peter 4.12, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and God rests upon you. So we don't live even... Listen, Christians who are living in China who are struggling can still have hope. Mm -hmm. Matthew, I'll tell this story real quickly. When we were adopting our daughter Clara uh, several years ago now, 14 years ago, we had a guide who was had to take us through. When they take you to China and you're having to adopt, they take you to. They want you to see the the Imperial Palace. They want you to see the the the, the Wall of China, the Great Wall of China. They take you to jade factories, all those things. There was a young lady. She had a Chinese name, but she her English name that she used was Mandy. And so Mandy and I were talking at one point, and I said, and, and, and Mandy said to me, she said, um, are you a believer in Jesus? I said, yes, I am. I said, what about you? She lowered her voice, and she looked both ways. We were standing outside of a jade factory, and she, she said, I am free. I don't, ever forget, I don't know that I'll ever forget that. She said, I am free. Mm-hmm. We, we made that connection. We, we weren't even really allowed to talk that way. But this is a lady who is living in communist China, and yet she's free. And and as you were telling me this, this is the thing I want to point out about that story because you had because you had you had you had noticed her deportment, the way that she carried herself, and everything, and how and that she she was different than some of the other people you all dealt with. And you asked her, "Yes, are you a believer?" Yes. And she and she again, like she was checking, and you said almost a whisper, "Yes." But you asked her, you asked her, are you oppressed? Do you, is mm-hmm. it, is it, is your life just, yeah. And, and that is when you told me yeah. that she said, no, I'm free. I'm free. Yeah. There are people in America who are free, let's say by the law of the land who are absolutely oppressed. I mean, think of that. You can live in America, but you're oppressed with your own self. You're oppressed with your own, it could be bitterness it could be some sort of addiction. Mm-hmm. It could be whatever that it might be. So you're not really free, you know. You're you're not really at liberty. But but Mandy, this this young lady, a twenty probably eight nine year old young lady, 
She's free, living in a communist country. Probably uh, she lived in a one-room apartment that had a bed that was folded up in the wall, and the bed came down out of the wall. She had one small window. She said that it was about a two-foot by two-foot window. Mm. She had a telescoping pole that she hung her clothes out to dry on, about six foot long. And so, but she was she was she was happy and free, joyful because of. The, the, her relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the point. No matter where we might fall in this cycle of history, whatever you might believe, whatever America is today, which I believe Matthew does as well, it's post-Christian. We are still a free people and we are called to go and make disciples of all nations and be salt and light. Exactly. That's Whenever I hear Mandy's story, what I am reminded of is no matter what things look like in this country, don't confuse religious liberty with actual liberty. Yes. Okay. We as believers, regardless of what happens in this world, we have actual liberty. And Mandy is a picture of that. You talk about the little one-bedroom apartment that she lives in and what we as, as, a, as a country who looks around us and sees all of our religious liberties seemingly crumbling and fading away— and maybe even watching God's hand of blessing being pulled back away from our country because it's no longer following in the footsteps of our founders, we could easily look around at this dismal situation and just see all the walls around us closing in, if you will. But Mandy, she recognized her freedoms in this world had nothing to do with her freedoms Period. Yeah, for her spirit and who she is as a person. Instead of seeing the walls, she saw the window. Amen. And that's what we have to do. We are free. Yes. We're free. Yes. And so regardless of how much religious liberty you have, forget that. If you're a believer in Christ, you have actual liberty. Amen. Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Matthew, why don't you tell them that we're going to take a little bit of a break? Yep. And so uh, we're, whenever we, when, when COVID hit and we took a break from working on some things here, um, it kind of shortened this season. But we, when we came back, if some of you may have noticed that we started calling these episodes after that time period season two. Okay. And so we're trying to get into a system where we have like a fall season and a spring season. And so what we're getting ready to do uh, for the month of July, we're going to be taking a season break where I'm going to have a chance to work on some more material, maybe get ahead of on, on a few things. But you're going to see us again in August. Okay, So just keep watching with that. Stay tuned onto the Facebook page and, and onto our channel. If you're not already following us, uh, you know, subscribing to us on YouTube or, or following us on Spotify, go ahead and do that. And then you know, turn on your notifications so that when new content drops, you'll be the first to see it. So, yep, we're getting ready to take that break, and so yep. pray for us. And if you and leave comments, uh, leave comments in the video section. If there's a if there's a question you have, something that you'd be interested in hearing about, I'm not going to guarantee that we get to every single thing that you guys might suggest to us. But I would be interested to hear what are some some heavy yes. thoughts on your mind that we might could look at discussing. Yep. Uh, I've already got several thoughts, but I'm happy to start to kind of work some things in. If you have something that you'd be interested in hearing about, okay. Amen. So uh, thank you so much for following this, and uh, we hope that you're encouraged by this. We're, we're, um, we enjoy making them. We enjoy sharing truth with others. And so um, it's our prayer that you would just continue just to check these out and keep diving into the Word yourself and building your faith for yourself. Amen. And so thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in. This has been another episode of Real Time Truth. I'm Matthew McNeil. I'm Pastor Kevin Brown, and we'll see you back in August. Take care.